0: Hey gang, it's your other not host, Ronnie here. Just wanted to jump in before the episode to give you a little bit of a trigger warning. This episode, as we discuss mixology, we talk about bar culture and hookup culture, consent, which leads us into sexual assault. Um, We just wanted to make sure people were aware of that. It is not where we thought this ABC comedy was going to take us, but here we are. And we hope that this ABC comedy turns around as we continue covering it. Thanks so much, and now on to the show. In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough.
1: Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host,
2: Andy. I'm laden with misogyny, and I'm Evan.
0: I'm a British chap named Ron, and I'm
1: Ronnie. If you can tell from that introduction, <laughs> Ending Pending is a podcast where we cover television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering Mixology from ABC. ABC? Right? The, yeah. yeah the American Broadcasting the... Corporation. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's a show about drinking and misogyny But before, <laughs> before we get into that uh we have a trademarked thing where andy does like a bit that i've prepared tmtm do not steal the original character um <laughs> this is my oc andy <laughs> who's prepared my oc is andy who's prepared instead of just normal andy
0: very excited for this prepared andy bit
1: yeah it's a I mean, it's, it's every podcast I have a bit prepared that we do. You thanks
0: always for, do.
2: Thanks for reassuring us. What's the bit? <laughs> you know, what
0: I like most about you, Andy, is that you always have a bit prepared. And you never need someone to just ramble on saying random things to help you vamp in order to, you know, come up with stuff. You just you just have it on the spot.
1: <laughs> I take I- I, I take my responsibilities very seriously. Very seriously. Can you Do you need me to
0: go on about how seriously you take them? Or can, can or... you
1: imagine if you like edited the podcast with the same intensity that I prepare my bits with?
0: Oh, I, it would. It would be. <laughs> it, it would be in the Library of Congress. It would be that pristine. Let me tell you about uh, the Library I've of got, Congress. I've got, I guess. A, I've,
2: got a, I've got a bit. If you'll let me. Uh, if you'll let me. Interrupt was... your duties, oh. and you'll just put your bit on a shelf mm-hmm. until next time. Until your well next pre- uh. your well-prepared bit that you certainly oh, planned and and uh, and spent a lot of time on. Yeah. Um, so, if you were a fuck boy, what would your <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: <Jim and> <laughs> Jiminy
1: Crickets. (gasps) This is going to be such a good bit. I'm so excited.
2: Okay, continue. (laughs) Were thou a fuckboy, what would your shitty pickup line be? If I was Peter Pan, you'd be my happy thought. Oh, that's sort of cute, actually. I know. That's not
1: fuckboy enough. I'm sorry. I'm just very good at flirting. (laughs) Would you like Bible pickup lines?
0: No. I mean, was that a question was, whether I would use them or like No, them? would you like Cause them? Because if, ha- if you have them, it like, sewed up,
1: I'd love
0: to hear some.
1: Just like Joshua, if I walked around you seven times, would you fall for me?
0: Oh. Because of Jericho.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be more accurate, they walk around Jericho once a day for... Six days, and then on the seventh day, they walk around it seven times. So it's not the most accurate of biblical pickup lines, but it's pretty good.
0: I, you... I would probably do something like, are you a Dementor? Because I want my happiness drained out of me, and I would love to just feel despair all the time. Jesus. Because uh, you would get <laughs> the Dementor's kiss, you know?
2: What?
0: It's a double, because like, if, if I'm talking to a girl and, and she's like, what? I'm like, oh, you don't know
2: Harry Potter, clearly. Oh, buh-bye, I don't, I don't need this in my life. So if she isn't a nerd, it's uh, a warning signal. If she is right. a nerd, then it's just a regular terrible pickup line. Right, but I think it would get a giggle. Uh, I've got a science one that's probably not appropriate for, uh, like, your average fuckboy, but if he was like, I don't know, like, a, a science fuckboy, I don't... It, Anyway. A science uh, fuck boy.
0: <laughs> I want, that's gotta be the next show that we cover is science fuck boy. <laughs> Kyle XY. why?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a belly button.
2: He that's doesn't. What I, that's what I heard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, mine, I heard from, uh, my first lesbian friend that I had in, uh, in high school. Back Everyone when,
1: always remembers their first lesbian friend. Back
2: when I, uh, went to Catholic school. And, uh, her, her favorite pickup line, which is now my favorite pickup line, is if you could be any enzyme, uh, what would you be? To which your uh, victim, I guess, replies, I don't know. To which you then reply, I would be DNA ligase, so I could unzip your genes.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. That requires some, pre- that, some prerequisite classes yeah. for that one.
2: That's the only That's the only one that consistently, like, I remember. That's the mm-hmm. only pickup line I've got. I've never used it on anyone.
0: Uh, if I knocked on your Gryffindor, would you let me slither in?
1: Aww. No, I'm a Hufflepuff. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> well, then I don't have to try hard at all. Just kidding. I'm a Hufflepuff.
1: <laughs> Do you want to go to a Bible study and practice speaking in tongues? Whoa. Actually, if we're going on, like... The Netflix and chill of, like, Christian youth. It was, do you want to volunteer with nursery? Because you would abandon the children and go to the uh, the, the hymnal closet and make out in there. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> if our <laughs> listeners want to send us bad pickup lines, too, uh, I would your- be
0: remarkably flattered. Send us your favorite bad pickup line. They don't have to be science or Harry Potter or Bible-based. That's you, just our cup of tea. You have to pick that's which a-
1: host it's for. Ooh. <laughs> or not host, because I guess I'm the only host, technically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then see if we swoon.
1: <laughs> Ron- Ronnie and I are easy. Evan's the yeah. hard to crack. Oh,
0: my goodness. I'm Words of me- affirmation. That's That's all I need in life. <laughs>
1: I love you, Ronnie. Aww.
2: I mean that sincerely Andy and Thank Ronnie you. are dating now Bye
0: No, that's not the case All I right. have a no Let's
2: talk about this show
0: Let's talk about Let's this talk show about what, sh- what show is this that we watched?
1: Mixology episodes 1, 2, and 3 They're titled Tom and Maya, Livin' and Ron, and Bruce and Jessica Livin' and who? Livin' and Ron
0: I love when my name comes up and stuff. Um, <laughs> it's just rare. No, not a lot of people are named Ron. Um,
1: Excuse you. Ronald, Ronald McDonald. Weasley.
0: Ron Weasley, yeah. Well, I was excited the entire two. time I read those books, too.
2: You got the clone. It's a pretty common well, name.
0: yeah. Goodness. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, so Evan, what, what, what's what's going on in these three episodes of Mixology?
2: Right. So, the, the premise of this show is that it is taking the concept of uh, like a bottle episode and applying it to an entire show, because the entire show, over the course of, what's it, 12 or 13 episodes, takes place in one bar on one night, uh, following sort of the same people as they talk and just do stuff and whatever. In episode one, there's this guy Tom and... His fiance Laura, broke up with him in a douchey way, and his friends, Cal and Bruce, took him to a bar to cheer him up by getting him laid, because that's what, I guess, people do when they're sad? I don't know. Uh, he goes and, like, flirts with a woman at their urging. Uh, her name's Maya. She's kind of a terrible person with a lot of internalized misogyny, and she's like... Haha, <laughs> you suck. You're a sad little whiny boy and not a real man. And he's like, Thanks for being mean to me, mean lady. Can I have your number? And she gives it to him, I guess. Because she's like, oh, because uh, he, he stood up for himself or something, I guess. Um, episode 2, Liv and Ron. Uh, Liv is maya's friend the mean lady from episode one and she's got a real annoying voice and she meets this guy ron who we learned through flashbacks is like uh, some kind of internet con man entrepreneur with an english accent uh who has earlier that day like been sued or something like that and it's, it's some sort of financial tragedy has befallen him and now he's at this bar cheering himself up, and apparently Liv is the most boring person on the planet, or whatever, which is disparaging, because she seems to have a, a real a real good, healthy, normal life. Uh, and then she meets this uh, internet con man with a sexy accent, and has a crush on him, and she's like, Maybe I'll cheat on my fiancé with this guy, because I'm boring, and this is framed as good. Okay. Uh, then episode three, uh, Bruce and Jessica, Bruce is one of Tom's friends. Remember Tom, the awkward guy from episode one? Uh, Bruce is, uh, kind of a shitty person and like he's hitting on this woman named Jessica, who's like a single mom. And she's actually the only character that I really like so far because she's like, He, he, like, comes up to her and says some dumb thing about, like, I'm gonna do the sex on you, and it's gonna be great, and you're gonna like it. And she's like, actually, go fuck yourself. Um, cause you're sad, and you're, like, you're... She, she calls him sad for all the wrong reasons, actually. But, anyway, she's just like, please go away. Uh, and then he, like keeps hitting on her and then says something endearing and then she's like not as mad at him and says she like might sleep with him if he was like the last person on earth or something like that. Uh and we get some flashbacks about Bruce's childhood uh, that are supposed to explain why he's a womanizer or whatever. So yeah, that's what happens in the first 3 episodes. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's a
1: womanizer because we haven't seen him score at all and it's implied that he's like not actually as good as he pretends to be. I think he's just like why is a misogynist?
0: Yeah. There's lots of issues going on here. <laughs> yeah, maybe, there's maybe not totally like, you know, irredeemable. Um, Andy. Yeah. Did these first 3 episodes of ABC's Mixology work for you?
1: I don't think I've ever been torn so badly on an ending pending show before about whether a show worked or not. Mm. Uh, I picked this show because I remember the premise being interesting that it all took place in one bar in one night. Like, that's a really cool idea. And the idea of, like, different people who don't know each other, like, weaving throughout the story and interacting, but still not necessarily getting connected. Uh, I think that intrigues me because of how good Hero Season 1 was. But, uh... As often as I laughed out loud, I was also, like, cringing and, like, looking over at Evan and being like, oh, that was so problematic. Uh, So I think if only because of the rampant sexism, I have to say, it's not working. Despite there being, like, a few jokes that land really well and a few moments where the show, like, is almost trying to have a commentary, that's... More woke, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, eh, eh, it's not working. There, I've decided. (laughs) I just had to talk all those words out. Great, great audio
2: content.
0: Yes. Well done.
2: Yes, Ronnie. Uh,
0: are these three episodes of Mixology working for you?
2: I'm gonna give it a no. Um, I agree with Andy that like I did laugh at some of the jokes. But it's just like joke after joke after joke after joke after joke. So like maybe one in every 10 jokes I was like Haha, that's relatable. Um but it it was just law of averages at that point. Uh like you know one in 10 or one in 15 is bound to land. So mm-hmm. like it was it was a little funny. It wasn't a total bomb. But um, I found it more annoying than anything, which is a shame because I agree with Andy that it's an interesting premise and they could have said some interesting things. Even in the context of a comedy, they could have said some interesting things and had some, you know, interesting observations on human behavior and stuff like that. But as is, it just feels like kind of every stock joke about being in a bar and picking up women that has ever been in a show ever. So... Yeah, yep. not working. Hey Ronnie. Hey yeah. Is it working?
0: Um no. Unfortunately not. Carbon copy, what y'all said. I think we're all on the same page on this one. Like, I love the premise. I'll talk about exactly why I love it in a little bit. Um but it just I can't can't get through that misogyny. The characters are very extreme, even even the one like Oh yeah. it's even where there isn't misogyny it's extreme in the opposite direction and it's hard to really like you know i yeah it's 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 a no it's a no but it's um it's a situation in which i think that if we did this show in chunks of two episode instead of three i think next episode i'd be like it's working because like it feels like some of these people are getting taken to task for their misogyny yeah but but i feel like on the next three episodes it's going to become so formulaic that like i'm it i'm going to be over it already so i don't know we'll see but for now it's a no all right so these three episodes of mixology as i said are, are redeemable to some degree uh floor is open what what worked about mixology for us
1: there's some really funny jokes um yeah sprinkled when, in there when, when tom like gets up to first go talk to maya and he goes to down his drink and then he like <laughs> chokes on it and stops and his buddy's like no you're supposed to finish it and he's
2: like that was just there was so much more than i thought like that was fucking hilarious i what, think everyone has done that like gone to like down the rest of their drink and then been like yeah, uh there's more there's more than i yeah, thought there was like like, <laughs> like that was relatable and it was
1: funny and like they didn't set it up like a joke like they right. weren't like hey here's the punchline like it was just a funny joke mm-hmm. um and when uh the weird girl the like weird eye girl the, the big eyes what's her name Shit. casey is it is it casey or li- or, or the liv. engaged one liv 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 when liv steals the dude's wallet and um British guy is like, I told you to do something risky, not join Fagin's gang. Like, <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. That was a great moment. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's lots of really clever jokes in there. And if a mm-hmm. comedy is supposed to make you laugh, uh, I laughed maybe three times each episode. It's not for me that, like,
0: it that it's not funny. Like... Yeah. Because, like, for most comedies that I enjoy, you know, even... Like I'm just like kind of like, huh, or like, oh, that was funny. It's not that like the jokes aren't funny, it's that the jokes that aren't funny aren't funny because they are hugely problematic Well yeah we're gonna bad, get there <laughs> we're gonna we'll get, get there. there, yeah, but th- I just wanted to say that like it's not like like a, it, it is like a like a four jokes a page comedy and and some of those are landing, and it's not that like, oh, it's just unfunny, it's funny, it's just like eh. um. What I loved about this show is that I didn't I didn't know the concept. I didn't know that it takes place in one bar or with, you know, the same 10 people over one night. Like that was new to me at the end of episode 1 um to learn that. It feels very theatrical. Like I could see this being a play or a musical. Like this is this is a midsummer night's dream where, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's in the same place, all of a sudden something happens and we get like twisted into each other's lives this is a show called um almost maine um is is a play that was on broadway for a while where it's just a bunch of people in this very very small town over one night just doing these little vignette scenes as to how kind of their lives interact with themselves and the town and they're looking for love and and loss and what that means and and it feels very akin to that and yeah i'm i'm excited like that's the thing i I, it's not working, but I'm excited to watch more episodes because I want to see where this goes. I want to see, you know, this this tangled web of lives and and where it leads. Um, Can I you? Just sorry, got, go ahead. No, I was going to be a negative, so I don't want to <laughs> say it.
2: Yeah, hold that one back. Can you yep. imagine how much more fun this would be if it had actually been based on a Midsummer Night's Dream? Right. Like, that would have worked. They could have even done the same thing where they do, uh-huh. like, the the pairs of names per episode. Because yes. that's literally how A Midsummer Night's Dream is. Mm-hmm. It's you could like, have a puck character. You could have someone that comes in and just kind of, like, misses everything we up. We have
1: the puck character. The British guy is basically, like, their puck. Yeah, but, He's coming but, in and being <laughs> like, leave your fiancé and fuck me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, go steal for me. <laughs> Well, not I mean, quite. you could even
0: put someone in a horse head. That's like a meme right now of people wearing like a horse <laughs> mask.
2: Actually, yes. Yes, you could. That would d- date it very, very precisely, but yeah. yeah.
1: I'm very happy that you talked about the concept, Ronnie, because I feel like I got Terranova'd with this show where like Cerny mm-hmm. like fondly remembered just like the concept of Terranova and that there were dinosaurs. Yeah. And I like remembered how much I loved the idea and the concept and some of the some of the dinosaurs that end up showing up. Mm-hmm. Spoiler.
2: But Spoiler, there's dinosaurs in Terra Nova. No, I was talking about in Mixology. That di- twist. there's dinosaurs in.
1: There's not.
0: Oh, a sorry. Midsummer Night's <laughs> Roar. <laughs> that was an
1: old meme, too. That's like 2005. I roar at you. How do roar. dinosaurs. Roar. How do, how do dinosaurs flirt?
2: I like that Maya seems to be. Uh... Kind of changing as a person, although it's only been like an hour. So right. I I can't tell if that's inconsistent characterization or if it's deliberate because they went to the trouble of showing us her her backstory where she's she's just basically a huge douchebag. Like she's she's, like I said, got a lot of internalized misogyny where she's like eh, men shouldn't be little sad girly men men should be men should smack you in the face or some she said something about like men smacking her in the face and I'm like if you're into that that's cool but that's not like how Don't people should Don't project that onto everyone behave yeah but um yeah then over the course of these 3 episodes like at first she's like oh those Hawaiian guys are so annoying and then she goes and like hangs out with the Hawaiian guys until mm-hmm. she says something mean about... Don Ho? Yeah, who I guess is a singer. I don't know. But yep. <laughs> So, yeah. So, at first she's, like, dunking on Tom a lot, that awkward guy who was hitting on her. And then she was, like, nice to him. And then she, like, was dunking on the Hawaiian guys. And then she went to hang out with them. So... Again, I don't know if they're trying to say something about her, or if she actually is, like, at a crossroads in her life where she's just learning to not be such a douchebag. But um, I hope that she is. It's, we've got some good signs happening. Encouraging yeah. personal growth, maybe. It just seems like everyone
0: is, like, experiencing that growth very quickly. Like, people are becoming, like, less shitty all of a sudden. Which is good, because... Though this will be a show that goes on as, like, people of just, like, you know, this is just a bar full of unlikable people, and that's fine. But these are also 10 people that we have to spend the next 13 half hours with, and they should be tolerable. So Mm -hmm. it's something that I wish there was, like, a real puck incident or something like that, that, like, caused everyone all of a sudden to really reevaluate their, their standing, and that would have been a good way to, like... Oh, it's really misogynistic, but that's just like, you know, everyone's going to get theirs and and everyone will come to a a better place by the end of episode one. We didn't really get that, but it seems like it's happening anyway, which is like, all right. We really want our shows to
1: take weird twists. We really want like a magical imp to show up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't have to literally. If only Frequency had a magical imp show up and teach those cops not to torture witnesses and shit. if Frequency's
0: Magical Imp was a genie that comes out of a radio to fix police brutality, I think I want a genie to pop out of, like, a cocktail and teach people that misogyny is not, not good.
1: I um, I really loved the bit where the waitress went to break up with the bartender. And she, like, said, like, kind of, like, these really mean things. And he was just like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, I thought that was funny. But then they ruined it by him not knowing her name. Yeah, they Later. had that,
2: that second confrontation in the back like, room. The
1: first yeah. confrontation was hilarious because it just seemed like he kind of agreed with her assessment of him and, like, didn't mind. He's like, oh, yeah, that's accurate. But it turns out that, no, he's actually, like, a huge womanizer and, like, he didn't even realize they were dating or something. And that was not nearly as funny as the, like, no, it turns out that I'm just a dark cloud. And, yeah, you're, you're right.
2: <laughs> yeah. First I I hard agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. When she was trying to break up with him and she was just like, she was really, it's funny because she was really anxious about it. Like you saw her like taking deep breaths and like mentally preparing herself. And then she goes up to this bartender who she, as far as we, the audience know, was dating. And she's like, uh, I think, I think it's better if we break up. And he's just like, okay, that's yeah, that's fine. And then she's like, continues talking as if he was mad. Like, it's not you, it's me. Like, I, you know, you just, we're d- we're not right for each other. You just, you're so depressing. You you suck the life out of everything or whatever. And yeah, gets like, like really kind of mean about it. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's fine. Anyway, see you later.
1: You know, like that was a great bit, and they both played it off perfectly. And then their second confrontation, I felt like kind of. Made that first one not as good.
0: Yep. Hard to agree. Yeah.
1: Any more goods?
0: I like the dynamic between Liv and Ron, honestly. Like, I I like, I think Ron is funny. I think a couple of the good jokes, even though they're like, you know, his like jokes, like, that. you know, he has is like a British gentleman um, land. And I, you know, out of all the relationships, you know, of course... it's problematic because Liv is an engaged person, but at least for, like, the dynamic of them hanging out at a bar, I like how their uh, their back and forth is going. I really...
1: Here's my take on that. Um, I love the character of Ron because he's the weirdest character. Mm-hmm. Like, he's foreign, and he's, like, was rich, now poor. Like, he's, like, a con artist. Like, he he's got the most weird backstory, I think, out of everyone. So like the I'm first f-
0: thing, the first thing we see him do is vomit into a purse. Yeah, like so he's, he's, great. he's set up as like a like a either a punching bag or a or a just a, a twist in the a fly in the ointment right away.
1: Um, but I can't get on board for the Liv and Ron relationship if only because like the reasons that the show gives for Liv having like a bad life are that she's totally normal. Like, I would fucking love to, like, come home from work every day, put on my jammies, and, like, make dinner with my spouse and then watch bad TV. Like, that's literally what Evan and I do, like, every single day when we're not LARPing. It's great. Yeah, it's the best. So, like, the show's like, look at how normal and boring she is. Like, she's, and I'm like, no, that's a great life. Like, there's no reason for her to have, like, anxiety about that shit.
0: We do see that through the point of view of Maya, who we know is a terrible person and, and is Maya's yeah. urging. And so it's, it's kind of like the show is saying well, it through Maya. I, I Hopefully think, that, w- that will be a thing that like Maya will have a come up. I and, think whoever's giving
1: that. the narration, though, is like per episode is supposed to be like, right. And, and that was Bruce's narration, not Maya's. Mm. When Bruce like narrates her backstory like look at how boring and normal she is yeah so like i i i never want to like root for cheating no no you know like if if her fiance was like genuinely shitty Mm -hmm. then i'd be all over cheering for her and ron but it just seems that like ron's a criminal and her fiance (laughs) is lame and we see that relationship
0: through Liv's eyes, so we could eventually see that like through someone else's eyes of like, oh, he's actually super controlling and she doesn't want to do these things, but like he demands it and, and such and such and whatever. You're like, talking about
1: the fiance or Ron?
0: Fiance. Okay, like yeah. I, I I you know, I almost want that to happen because I do like this dynamic. Um her stealing the wallet
1: was fucking hilarious. Yes.
0: So that funny. was so good. Even before that, she's like we should do something crazy. And, and Ron's Let's like, kill yeah. a like, drifter. Let's kill a drifter. And she keeps coming back to it. With, like, with, like
2: wild ideas. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: I'm not kidding.
2: I do feel like the narration is meant to be fairly objective. Uh, I mean, of course we don't know that for sure, but that was Bruce narrating Liv's life, even though Bruce had never met Liv. And also yeah. he like, That was his voice, and he's also, for each character that he introduces, he's been, like, describing the circumstances of how and when they were born and the circumstances of their uh, childhood and, like, their elementary school teachers and stuff like that.
0: Is it always Bruce as the narrator? For the
2: first several, it is, and then in episode three, Maya takes over as the narrator. Because it's Bruce's
1: backstory.
2: Right. I I remember thinking about it being a... a woman
0: narrating some of it so yeah
2: uh it was um yeah it's because episode three is about bruce and so maya took over narrating for bruce and jessica Mm -hmm. but before that tom and maya were introduced by bruce and Liv and ron were both introduced by bruce and now we've switched to maya introducing them but it seems fairly arbitrary like the introductions uh and they do seem to be like fairly straightforward so uh i i do have a feeling that we're we're meant to take that at face value that like live's relationship is perfect except that it's boring or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know I, I could be wrong but that's how i'm i'm reading it yeah. based on the the context clues that i'm getting
0: my last positive i just love a show in a bar I love a good bar show like anytime like a group of friends is hanging out and they're like oh we're all going to the bar after work or like like that's just like like in happy endings it's a great show and they all just end up at the bar after work and it's like as much as like I do want a life of just like going home and going to pajamas part of me still wants that life of just like yeah we're all going to the bar after work literally every day and this whole premise of like everyone's just like oh, let me open up another tab. It's just like, yeah, there's no... And the idea of just, like, going to a bar and just, like, being like, yep, we'll leave when the bar's closed, I guess, is just, like, so tantalizing to me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. As an an introvert, that has really no appeal for me at all. Like, I I don't... Don't get me wrong, I like going to bars every now and then, but it's not something that I, like, yearn for and look Mm. forward to, you know? Mm.
1: Honestly, like, one of... The funnest nights of my life was uh, last year at the Sparta Ren Faire. Evan and I like, had just finished setting up for the next morning, and we met up with a bunch of our friends, and we played this absurd French drinking game uh, called, what was it, Shabui? Chapo ba Chapo ba <laughs> And uh, like, we just got fucking wrecked
2: fucking yeah. we were out on this campsite in the woods like just hanging with our friends drinking and like so.
1: There, it, it, it's so like you're so right Ronnie like hanging out with friends drinking like let's open mm-hmm. up another six pack like yeah. it's such a yeah. good time and it's so right. relatable and this concept of like different friend groups in the same bar who don't know each right. other but are like interacting as they're hanging out right. drinking encouraging each other making fun of each other It's so relatable and it's like good, good content. And it's especially in this case of
0: parts. It's especially in this case of like you don't know who you're going to run into or who you're going to meet. And it's like I agree with Evan to to, like I have a lot of social anxiety. And so like at the Walmart or like at the grocery store, I don't want to run it. Like if I see somebody, that's that's like the worst thing could happen. But like add alcohol and like me knowing that I'm going to be looking my best I want to see everybody pop in like it just it's it's so I'm just like who am I going to see am I going to see these people oh I didn't oh oh, I didn't see anybody that's okay though I made some new friends like it's 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 just the magic of being at a bar I, I love don't making know. friends I
2: love I ah. love Ronnie narrating uh excited Ronnie
0: <laughs> you just you just you know what it is you go to the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you're washing your hands, you look in the mirror, and you just kind of smirk, and you know it's like, okay, okay, here we are. (laughs) We are an extrovert Ronnie (laughs) O'Clock.
2: Yeah. Y'all are adorable. All right, let's talk about the shitty things. Oh, so many. Yeah, there's plenty of
0: shitty things. What about this show? These three episodes in Mixology just did not work for us.
1: So I don't know what... Ending pendings fetishes with Hawaii, but we keep coming up with like terrible Hawaiian
2: plot lines (laughs) All right, there was Hawaiians in uh, in Inhumans Yep What else were there Hawaiians in? This this. Okay, but that's only two (laughs) things
1: Uh, Dresden Files Was there
2: a Hawaiian plot? Yep
1: There was a cursed Hawaiian tiki Was there? Yeah, was there? I fucking forgot Are you thinking of the Brady Bunch? (laughs) No, no, I mean, I think it was a callback (laughs) to the Brady Bunch, but it was like the third episode of Dresden Files. If
2: you say so. I've blocked most of that from my memory.
1: I could be making this up right now, and you or our
2: listeners would not know. Yeah. Because Dresden Files sucked and was boring.
0: I'm certainly not going back and watching it. Yeah,
2: I'm not going to find out if you're wrong, so congrats, you're right. That's good. Um, Um, I'm a very good liar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say that like, there's Hawaiian guys in the bar subplot is a bad thing. It's a little bit funny, but, like... It's just
1: weird, though. It felt... Was it racist? I can't... I'm not Hawaiian.
0: It was certainly racist to some degree.
2: It was, like... It was, uh... It was low-key racist. It was light racist. mm -hmm. Uh, But, like... I mean,
0: several people, like, apropos of nothing but seeing these gentlemen say,
2: I hate Hawaiians. So, it's, like, that's not great. Also, they don't hate them for anything, like... Anything tangible, they're just like, oh, fucking wearing flip-flops and fucking, like... Flowered
0: shirts
1: and... They yeah. talked about Hawaiians in the way that I talk about furries. Where, like, they just seem like, oh, I hate furries. But it didn't seem, like, genuine... Yeah. It, it was weird. It was bizarre. yeah, it, it was just... It, it was just... The joke didn't land. It, it, it was in, weird, because who in has...
0: Insincere in racism it feels so, the same to me yeah. as sincere <laughs> racism. I still no, don't that, like I,
1: that's a very valid point, Ronnie.
2: Is that relatable to people? Are there people around who are like, "Oh, Hawaiians are so annoying." Like what I think it was supposed to be like bizarre, like that both her
1: and Tom had like the same weird racist like I can't stand right. Hawaiians.
0: <laughs> well, it's one of those things where people always try and like, "Oh, I'm going to be racist, but I'll be racist against like this group." Of people who like no one's right. There's like no
2: stereotypes again, so like it won't
0: be it, construed as. Well, I mean, that's like, not true. Like,
2: Hawaiian people have have faced terrible shit from white people. Yup. Yes, so, they like, have.
0: Which is what I'm saying. We, like there's took no. Over. There's just as far as race goes. There's no group other than white folks who like. It
1: felt like to me the episode of Flight of the Concords with the racist fruit vendor who
2: hates New Zealanders. <laughs> and See, then by that's the end funny of, though, because well, uh, except Maori people, but they're not Maori; they're just from New Zealand. By like. the
1: end of the episode, it's revealed that he's thought New Zealanders were from Australia the whole time, and then he befriends the the band, and they go and they throw fruit at the Australian consulate, <laughs> and like that was very funny. This was just uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, uh, I like. A- I don't think it was like like, actually racist or anything. I just didn't know what to make of it. Yeah, it was just like, awkward. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think right. it was very funny, and I was like, is, like, is hating Hawaiians a thing? Like, is it? So, yeah, I, I don't know. That was, it, it was just not a good joke. Um, the, yeah, and it's a shame, because it
0: was, like, a funny thing later with, like, her really, like, you know, hanging out with them and showing, like, a softer side to Maya and stuff like that, but it's just, like, it's sandwiched by, like, her being like, I hate Hawaiians, and then Tom coming up and being like, oh, I hate Hawaiians. It's like,
2: wait, what? Why are, why is everybody talking about this?
0: Why is this such a thing? Who, um, has,
2: who has encountered enough Hawaiians in their life on a regular basis they have a bias against them?
1: Also, they didn't explore this because it's a comedy show, but her being, like, everyone always thinks I'm Hawaiian, and I can imagine if she was, like, in school where, you know, kids are all shitty and are always like, oh, Johnny Tsunami, and, like, pineapples at her like how like growing up as looking she's she's asian looking and like if she was always getting made fun of for something she's not where she's not hawaiian i can be like i can see that but of course they didn't explore that they just briefly mention it and then go back to like hawaiian's jokes am i right and like it could have been a poignant thing and it just wasn't
2: yeah that's a good example of like you can have a comedy show that still like has something to say you know And right
1: off there, I want to segue. You can have a comedy show that has something to say. And I do believe that every show has, like, a message, whether it's intended or not. You see the biases of the creators and stuff seep in. And there's just a lot of misogyny that has seeped into this show. And it's just not funny. And the stuff that they try and, like, do jokes with just doesn't land... Cause it's sexist and yeah. Law.
2: There's. Do you want to talk about the the flashbacks, Ronnie? Yeah, I
0: mean, speaking of like you know how a flashback could have like made Maya's background make a little bit more sense. I don't love how they are pointing to like traumatic moments in these people's childhood and and like using that to excuse their shitty behavior. Like, and directly saying, like, well, this happened, so that is why this person is doing this thing right now. And it's, like, there's a lot of therapy and psycho psychoanalyzation that has to go into those kind of things. And, like, there's even, like, a funny moment, like, when, um, you know, they do a whole flashback of, of this guy Tom's breakup. Of him, like, laying on the floor, and they're, like, oh, you know, this must be really hard for you because of, like, what happened with your dad. And someone's, like oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, they had just talked about that in, like, the scene prior. And so it was like... And Tom was like, oh, I didn't think about that either. Now I'm even more... Like, there's funny moments there, but, like, they're using it to completely blanket say, well, these people are shitty, but it's okay, because, like, look what happened to them. Like, this person got friend-zoned. Can you believe it? Like
2: Yeah, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Being friends with a woman?
0: Yeah, like, it's it's... There's certainly things they could do with that. And I hope that they're going to use those things and use their experiences to like point them in the direction of saying like, oh, like this, I don't need to be this way and I don't need to act like this. And this is the one night in the bar that's going to change my life. Um, But so far, the, the one person who has had like actionable change because of something that happened was Bruce because Jessica like kind of told him off. But that's not because he's like, oh, I feel confronted and I need to confront the things that are within me. It's like, oh, now she's my white whale and I need to, like, vanquish this. Like,
2: Yeah. So the the really, like, annoying thing about... The most annoying thing, I would say, is all of this, like, pickup artist shit that... Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce is spouting. Bru- Bruce and Cal are, like championing and are are roping tom into uh like they're they the three of them are specifically at this bar like to get laid like we're here to fuck chicks or whatever and they're trying all this like bizarre like this sort of stuff that like teenagers think is how you pick up women or whatever and it's really, really bad. It's it's really it's just really unpleasant to watch and it's really annoying. And it's 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 set a ba- it's that's what was like saturating the tone for the entire first episode and for a good portion of the second and third episodes. And I just don't that for our listeners at home
1: who uh are not planning on watching this. They have, like, plays and maneuvers that they reference and then, like, don't explain. And it's just, like, implied that, like, they run these plays on women all the time. And they have rules about, like, how often you can approach a woman throughout the night and uh, how to be a wingman and shit like that. And it's just, like, absurd. Like... With How I Met Your Mother, you're supposed to laugh at Barney and think he's kind of pathetic, even though the show doesn't always frame him as such. Uh, But this, it's not necessarily saying they're ridiculous. It's kind of implying that this is how all men are. And Tom's less of a man because he doesn't do this. And it's just kind of gross. Gross.
2: Yeah. yeah. Also, the things that I found relatable about Tom, I don't think I was supposed to find relatable. I think I was supposed to be laughing at him and not with him. Tom exhibits like that other extreme of just like
0: it, it's it's cringy in the opposite way of like, well, that's not also not how you talk to humans. Like, even yeah. if you have like these experiences and even if you have intense social anxiety, like there are things that you say and things that you don't say and like Tom just is, is is is, oh, completely unaware of of why he's like. Even if you say the things you say, he has no reason as to think like, oh, that probably wasn't right. He's just kind of like glumping along his merry way. Shout, and just like
1: shout out to him saying neat when Maya said he can neat, sit down. Yes. that was fucking gold.
0: That <laughs> neat, was hilarious. And then says under his breath, "This is gonna go well." <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> It's funny, but it's just like people don't do this. Uh, I'm with you, Evan. Like there were a lot of things where I I felt, you know, I related with Tom about stuff, and maybe I'm coming at this from a perspective of you know several years down the line from Tom and like having grown and stuff like that. And and maybe I'm cringing so much because I'm seeing a bit of myself in Tom, like like Tom at a bar, as I just said, like that's my go-to. I'm not running plays and trying to, like, oh, figure out the best way to use my wingman. It's like, I'm just there having fun, talking about wedges. (laughs) I'm talking about fun shoes with with people, and, like, that's that's just, like, the go-to.
1: I don't fucking think actual adults, like, real life adults, go to bars and act like that. Like, if I'm at the bar with my friends, I'm there to fucking hang out with my friends and, like, have a good time. I'm not there, like, to Mm. run plays and score, mad, poon, or, what? like, whatever the fuck these people are saying.
0: I mean, all I'll say that is that, like, straights are the worst, straight <laughs> dudes are bads. So, like, I do think that that probably does happen I'm gonna, a fair amount I'm nowadays, give, especially I'm, in, like, like, bars in, like, New York and Miami
2: and, like, some of those more, like, really intense club places. I'm gonna give straight dudes credit. Uh, I'm sure that this happens. I don't think it's as common as bar shows are making it out to sure. be. and Bruce, scoring mad pussy, <laughs> getting their dicks wet. Yeah. It's like, just like absurd. Like I said, it's it's just sort of like they put every like bar trope from the last five or six years or so in a can and just shook it around and dumped it out and they were like, aha, yes, a show. Like the the... Uh, pickup artist dudes the wingman thing the uh, sort of high powered like lady who's a jerk who's too good for you the um, the single parents the single mom who like is kind of insecure uh, like she feels like
1: the only human her and I, Cal are the two closest to being actual people I feel like and even Cal it's just because he hasn't like being as bad
2: as bruce like he's always next to bruce so he looks more human (laughs) yeah but yeah it's it's like a boring girl live is definitely a trope that like my life is boring i need to do something exciting i need to go out and have like live my life that's a trope like they're all like the embodiment of sort of like young people bar tropes i guess Yeah. Young people bar
1: tropes could be the sequel to Darktown Boy Kisser. <laughs>
2: <laughs> those darned youths and their- These street youths. Those taverns that the youths hang out in.
1: Ronnie, are you drinking right now?
2: Nope. Oh,
1: wow. Okay, you're doing mixology sober.
0: Yeah. I'm doing it sober. I thought about, like, bringing a bartender, like, trying to find a bartender friend to have on as a guest. But this show has surprisingly little to do with actual bars and just, like, uses that as, like, a space.
2: Yeah, um, although it would be interesting to get a bartender, uh, like, to give us an insight on, the like... social aspects. I yeah, mean. like, how many dudes are actually there doing pickup artist shit. Like, yeah. how, you know, how many girls are there, like trying to find some adventure or whatever. Uh, like, does I this actually know, happen?
0: I want to know who in like the Me Too era is still like sending bars across like the room to people like, or sending drinks across the room to girls. Like I have to imagine if you're a girl, you you just, I'm not drinking that. <laughs> like I'm not drinking. Like I don't care if it's coming from the bartender or not. Like I'm not drinking a, a drink that I did not purchase. Yeah, um, I don't know. I wonder if that's like still
2: a thing, or if it's again just like a weird trope. I think it has been a thing for many a decade, but yeah, like I mean, poor women have to live in such fear of. Me- I mean, and this is not a new thing. This has always been the case. We're just yep. like aware of it and having conversations about it now. Yep. But like, women have to like go through their entire lives in like constant fear of predatory men, and that's just, right. like, so sucky. So, yeah, right. I can't imagine that there are many women who are just like, ooh, a free drink from a stranger? Hot diggity! Right.
0: And not to equate these two things at all, but this show also presents, like, a very clear idea of masculinity and what that means and, like, what is, like, ex- like, oh, you, you you only got one number. You need to get, like, five numbers. Like... To be even be a man. Like, you're not being a man right now. You're you're like, it presents a lot of ideas that are like, well, if I don't meet these criteria of being a womanizer, of you know, just conquering this bar and making sure everyone knows that I'm very virile. Like, I'm not actually a man. And that's a bad message for for young dudes. There's also a
1: conversation to be had about if a woman would say no to you sober, and then you manipulate you manipulate her into getting drunk, and mm-hmm. then she says yes, like where does that fall on the consent meter? Right. And uh, I think the clear answer is that it's definitely not a a firm yes consent. It, it, it's like the Aziz story with like he didn't necessarily rape the girl that like accused him. But, like, it's definitely not comfortable and, like, whether or not it was legally wrong, it was definitely morally wrong. And, like, I don't want to be thinking about that while I'm watching a comedy when Bruce is like, we got to get these bitches drunk so they'll sleep with us. And I'm like, oh, like, no, bro, like, stop, like, (laughs) like, Cal should be slapping you and being like, no, that's not how you treat women. Uh, but instead, Kyle's like, yeah, and Tom's like, okay, guys, teach me. And I'm like, no, fucking Mickey Mouse, like, go back to where you were safe and happy and, like, not right. exposed to this shittiness.
2: Yeah, it right. is just kind of stressful to watch. <laughs> like, bits of, yeah. I mean, certainly not all of it, but bits like that, I'm just like,
1: ugh,
2: ugh, ugh. We gotta have a
1: trigger warning
2: at the start of this yeah. that we talk about sexual assault and shit. yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: and like that's that's not where I thought mixology was gonna go, but right, right.
0: Um, yeah, I, it it makes me like want for women to have just like men-free spaces because uh, I can't imagine I can't imagine going through that. They, but it also they makes fucking me had
1: those, and then guys started bitching that they were being excluded. Yeah. This is reverse like, sexism.
0: It it makes me want like. It, it, this defeats the purpose, but it makes me want to be a part of those men-free spaces because, like, going to bars and just having conversations and making friends is, like, that's that's what is fun about this. Like, the fact that there are, like, predatory men out there who make it, like, so much worse is just, like, like you've
2: ruined everything. Why, men? Hmm... Now that we've dug ourselves into this hole of like despair about society and stuff. Well, that's the thing. It's not all mixology's fault. That no, these it's not. Are no, existing. it's it's certainly like it's not mixology's fault that like men are terrible. It's mm-hmm. just not, uh, it's not doing anything to have, it's not having a conversation about how men are terrible. It's, it's just accepting it as like, it's just taking it for granted. Like,
1: oh, men are right. terrible. Ha <laughs> ha. It's clear that Mixology was made with the mindset that that behavior is not only okay, but it's expected. And that's what's right. so shitty is that like that idea, that persuasive idea that like men are predatory and that's not only okay, but like kind of celebrated right. is like the
2: mindset behind the show. And that's really gross. Hey, guess what, guys? Guess Guess what gender of person wrote the first three episodes? A dude. Yeah, it was dudes. It was all, all, all three of them were dudes. Uh, and and that's and, all and, and three, right? All four writers and all three directors. I have to imagine, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Huh, I'm I'm depressed about society now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. Thanks for listening to our comedy podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, Game any, for the
2: goofs. Yeah. Anyway, just, like, just to reiterate, like, all this sort of stuff we've gotten into, again, is not, like, it's not, like, the direct fault of the existence of mixology or whatever. Like, we're getting a little far afield in terms of, like, critiquing society and stuff. The only thing I would say is, like, mixology had an opportunity to kind of touch on this and maybe dismantle some of these, uh, some of these things and maybe get a little deeper in, in these characters mm-hmm. motivations in yeah. a in a meaningful way and even even in a comedic way, they still certainly could have could have gone a little a little further and bucked a few more expectations. Uh, I love this concept. I love
0: you know the the weaving in and out of people's lives and figuring out how these relationships bud and stuff like that. I, I'm hoping that this show makes a real heel turn and we're like, oh my goodness, can you believe how progressive mixology is all of a sudden? Um, that would be a real heel turn. Um, but I, yeah, I, I agree, Evan. It, it, there's there's a lot to work with here and they're just not, doesn't seem like they're super interested in using all the tools at
1: their disposal. Yeah. Fingers crossed, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hoping it gets better. I believe. Um, how do we feel about the actors real quick? We didn't really talk about anyone's performances.
0: I think everyone's, uh, there's no one that like sticks out to me as like bad, a bad actor. Um, the
1: The British guy. He, I, see, he seems I, like
0: he doesn't fit, but I can't tell if that's just because of his character. I
1: believe he was from Kimmy Schmidt. He was the guy that like his kink was murdering dolphins. Huh. he got like real off on like murdering dolphins.
2: You might be right. I think I know who you're talking about. And, I don't remember um, the actor clearly enough. But.
1: It's the same dude. And it's just like, he's playing the exact same character. Like in Kimi Schmidt, he like took Kimi Schmidt and was like, let me show you the world. And in Mixology, he's taking Liv and he's like, let me show you the world. And I'm like just so terrified that he's gonna be like, and then I get off on murdering dolphins. (laughs) And I'm just waiting for that to also happen in
2: mixology. Um, the I found the the waitress to be a little bit annoying, but I feel like she's meant to be that way, so I don't think I can blame the actress for that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm afraid of where the waitress character is going because I feel like she's going to be set up as just like being a total mess. And like, I'm, I'm not excited about that.
1: When the light hits the bartender at a certain way, he looks like Tom Welling and I just keep having uh drunkville flashbacks.
2: <laughs> I don't know who Tom Welling is. He was but Superman in Smallville. The, the the bartender's real good looking. Yeah, I like that guy. He's got I mean, those big I, arms. I, I, I'm uh, absolutely objectifying him, but I I, I like that guy. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Um. Yeah. Uh,
0: the, the, Everyone's the fine. Yeah. Uh, I. I, I I'm interested to see how they deal with their character shifts, because that's what's really going to, I mean, anyone can play, not anyone, it's easier to play like the extremes that they're playing now. It's tougher to have some real depth and, and conflict within their own character. And I'm excited to see how that pans out. I hope it pans out.
1: Turn it around how, for me, mixology. How I'm normal is it for straight brothers to have like a threesome make out sesh with their younger brother's best friend? Not very
0: <laughs> no. frequent. Can't that that I mean has not happened in my experience. Yeah, I've never heard of that
2: happening either. There was a flat. to be clear for the the listeners who didn't watch it, there was a flashback of Bruce's childhood where like the the girl he had a crush on in high school or whatever was, like, making out with both of his older brothers... At the same time. ...on the sofa at the same time, which was weird. I Mm -hmm. want to
1: point out, too, that, like, I'm not against three people making out. I'm not against, like, one girl and two dudes making out. Like, that's fine by me. I think it's podcast is pretty sex positive and like whatever consenting adults want to do go for it if it's with your brother that's fucking weird yeah your
0: twin brother too and like.
1: like this podcast has taken a strong stance against sex cults with Allison yeah. Mack. we are against <laughs> them uh, uh unless they're consensual if you're in a consensual se- sex cult that's cool but if you're in a non-consensual sex cult that's wrong and if you are in a three-person makeout sesh and your twin brother is involved, that's fucking weird. And we yeah. we are against that.
2: Yeah, that's crossing some lines, I think. That's just weird. yeah. I think it was I think it was supposed to be played for laughs, but I was mostly just like a little unsettled. Yeah. So also like that's just uh Bruce's backstory is shitty. Like he got friend zoned and now he treats women like shit. Like that Right. No, that's just a shitty backstory.
1: Friend, friend zone, like, I... I if his I, I, backstory led him to become a murderer of twins, that man. I could get. Like, if, that, if like that was the backstory, and he's like, no, I kill twins, and that's the only way I feel joy. Like, okay, like, that makes sense to me, sure. But it's now, I'm a womanizer, and I manipulate and lie to women and take advantage of them. It's like, oh, well... Mm-hmm. Maybe get over your friend zone trauma from fucking middle school. Like, right. Like you weak, and, sad man.
2: I like, I would be way more traumatized that my br- brothers were apparently like doing some weird yeah, sex stuff. stuff. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> and I want to be clear. I, I, I entered the word, the phrase friend zone earlier as kind of like tongue in cheek. Yeah. Hey, hey, dudes listening, the friend zone does not exist. No, it's not a thing. It's just called Friendship. And if you're trying to make a friendship into a relationship, that's you know you're not being you a good friend. Work. That's not how right. Friends you need work. to work on the politics of that. But there's nothing about like being a, in a friendship with a girl that like, oh no, now I'm doomed. It's like no, you're just it's friends.
1: Girls, Go. girls are not gotcha pawn machines that you put yeah. nice coins into and get sex out of. Like just right. treat them like fucking humans and not like sex is something you deserve for being a decent person you fucking twat
0: right it also says i mean the whole thing is just that that whole there's so much meat on that bone of just like you're right like he finds the girl making out with both of his brothers And the girl is the problem. It says in there, like, he studies girls like they're the enemy. And it's like, the girl is the problem in this situation. Also, what a horrifying
1: line. He studies girls like the enemy. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, Jesus Christ, mixology. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Shit. Yeah, we need to stop because we can keep (laughs) on talking for a long time about it. Um, Bruce needs a therapist to talk like that baggage out with. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everyone has such a traumatic childhood. Like everyone needs to talk to somebody. Hey, if you're out there and you had a traumatic experience in your
2: childhood, talk to somebody. Use use that good good health insurance. I I was in therapy for several years and it's great. It really helps you figure your stuff out. So therapy's fantastic. Yep. Um, anything
0: to uh, housekeep this week? Did we get any
2: more reviews? I want to talk about Dragon Age and not Mixology. We we didn't get any more reviews. No, what are you all doing? Why? Why have you failed me like this? I'm sad. You've hurt my fiance. I am going to treat you like the enemy now,
1: listeners, and I will study you. (laughs) And I will learn to defeat you to avenge Evans.
2: Um, Thanks, Bev. Uh, I appreciate it. I love there, you. Is it... I know you do. I love you, too.
1: If you were, if I had a vision that you were dying, and a creepy old senator offered me a path to save you, if all I had to do was slaughter some, some strange monks and some younglings, I would do it. No, just take me to a doctor. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but what if you die because you're sad? <laughs> oh... Oh wait, no. That's, that's what that's therapists. Th- that's what therapists are for. That's only poorly written female characters who can die from emotions. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not male characters.
2: <laughs> um, anyway,
1: that was a, that was a whole Star Wars riff, guys. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't actually murder people. And if you're a cop and listening, you have to tell me. <laughs> you have to tell me. Otherwise, it's still, entrapment.
0: Still not how it
1: works. If um, your name is Michael Cohen and you are. No, wait, Cohen's Kellen, the lawyer, right? If your yeah. name is Mueller and you're listening to this podcast, you have to tell me.
2: You have to tell me if you're Mueller. The, and the tangents like, stop now. I feel like <laughs> our new sign-off should be, if you're a cop, you have to tell us. <laughs> I feel like that's a really incriminating sign-off. <laughs> um, All right, no housekeeping. There's there, Nobody there, loves us. There's a podcast uh,
0: platform called Podchaser, and uh, I made a playlist of some of our best episodes. Oh, so there's boy. five of our best episodes up there. Ooh. You go to podchaser.com and just search ending pending or the best of ending pending. You'll get to see a cute little picture of me in my uh, Leonardo TMNT onesie and uh and five episodes of ending pending. It's a good way to share it around with your friends and get them to write reviews about us.
2: Yeah, so that we can talk about Dragon Age. Please, I need we can this. Talk about Dragon I need Age. to I I have I've got so much bottled up. I've watched it already. I've taken notes. It's all it's bottled up inside me and I need to talk about it.
1: Is there a link to that on our website, Ronnie? Uh there
0: is a link to that on Twitter and I'm going to be sharing that to Facebook today so there 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 is a link to it on facebook as well
2: cool 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 um that was an
0: abed reference
1: if you're a cop you have to tell us if you're a badger <laughs> in the cop wait feed no. feed the
2: the the fireflies we've done you you've worn this joke out we love you bye